So one of the things that I appreciate about being part of this church family is I get to know some people over time and that over time I find that some people season well, right? And so one of the families that I've gotten to know and that I've been privileged to serve alongside is Team Ballard. Um, And I can remember when Josh, man, I was worried when you were way wee little that you would always topple over because you had so much brain in your head. I don't know if you remember that, but so James and Rochelle and Josh have a pastoral ministry at Asbury University. So if you're an Asbury student, you show up and you do these things and there are people like the Ballards who open up an entire center and open up their lives to you and let you come in and eat with them and and learn and worship and serve and do all kinds of things. And so they're kind of like surrogate aunt and uncle and cousins and stuff like that to many of our Asbury students. And so I asked them if they would share about Kenya um, because that's one of the things that they did and some things that they learned. And so um, would you pray with me while they come up? Father, thank you so much. Um, We are a rich congregation and we know that's not the bucks that we have but the people that we have so thank you so much for blessing us so richly in jesus name amen amen well we had a slideshow technology but it's not working so there was gonna be like pictures and video like we were so we worked our hard on it last night i mean josh was kissing a giraffe i know so if you want to see it we can send you the links we'll put it on special social media um but hopefully they'll get it running, maybe, possibly, I don't know. So, well guys, we're excited to be here. You need to grab, yeah, the mic, El Maiko. So, um, I don't wanna do all the talking because these people are much nicer than I am. I know. Um, but part of, part of why we went to Kenya, I, I wanna give just kind of some of the, some of the reasons why. Um, first of all, something that Rochelle and I are really passionate about is, is, is missions. It's the Great Commission. And the verse in Matthew 28, many of us have heard it, but it, it says, all authority has been given, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. In another verse, Acts 1.8, but when you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then if we reach back even into Genesis' account, when Abraham is being called to to the promised land, he gets this vision of, of that he will be, have descendants and they'll be numerous and that he'll be a father of, of the nations. And in Exodus, they, he tells Israel when, they're, when he's taken them to the promised land, I will make you a kingdom of priests to the nations. And all throughout the prophets we see, and the minor prophets, we see God saying, Israel, it's not just you, but the nations will come to worship me in Jerusalem. And so part of the reason that we feel passionate about not just going to Kenya, but being a part of God's movement around the world and right here in Nicholsville is that we feel compelled to follow what, what God has said throughout scripture. And so we took a team of about uh, eight students. Eight students, an assistant director, and then three of us. Mm-hmm. And this team was um, not a work team. So a philosophy that we had, work teams go do projects. We feel like if you go do a project, that's great, but 
if you're not actually immersed in the culture and not meeting the people that you're serving and working with, a lot of times you can feel isolated. So our, our philosophy is we're doing a vision trip. We're actually just going to go and join in what God's already doing there. And so we, are, 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 we took eight students, and the philosophy is we're going to be Philippians 2 Christians, have the attitude and mind of Christ, that, yes, we're bringing Jesus in our lives, but we're not bringing answers per se that we can give, but we're bringing Jesus, and we want to join in what he's already doing. And so it's a, just a different mindset. It's a twist. And so that was kind of our philosophy. So the vision trip, we go and we see a lot of different ministry um, opportunities. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and just kind of some of the things that our students saw, maybe some of the stories we had. And uh, I really hope we can get the videos. If not, we'll throw the videos up on our social media. Um, there are some really great things of some Maasai singing. That was really phenomenal. Um, and uh, But... So, Josh, do you want to tell them about the experience of kissing the giraffe at least? Um, sure. Yeah? You want to talk in the mic? <laughs> sure. yeah. So, at the very end of our trip, we had a fun day. And so, we decided to go to an elephant orphanage, to a giraffe uh, center. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever we were at the giraffe center, we decided to put these pellets that they gave us inside our mouths and let them kiss it out of out of our, like, in between our lips. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we had the pellets right here in our mouths, and then, and then they would just, you know, get it out of our mouth, and it was, it was, it was a weird experience. <laughs> Did you feel like the, the giraffe was getting a little too close and personal with you? Yeah, there was, there was a single giraffe that decided to, decide to lick from my chin up face. Yeah. So. He's like, well, I haven't even taken you out for dinner. So, <laughs> whoa, I went there. My bad. All right. So, <laughs> uh, but that was a pretty cool experience. Um, and then I would love for, for, for us just to kind of, we'll talk through what, what we're planning on talking through, even though we have pictures. So um, what was our first thing we did? So it took 24 hours to get there. I mean, we went from here to Atlanta to Paris to Nairobi, Kenya. So 24 hours later, everybody did such a great job staying awake, and, and we were safe. And it was obvious that God had had his hand was in it in our travels the entire way because everything worked out just the way it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, so we arrived in Nairobi late at night for the first time, mm -hmm. um, and then... Um, traveled to a, a center called Scripture Mission Center. That's okay. I'll follow. You. I'll do. You. Cool. Yep. Um, where they? That's where we were staying in, in bunks together, splitting yep. up like that. Um, we our drivers consisted of uh, two amazing men, uh, Paul and Peter. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Peter was the best, though. Peter yeah, he drove the guys' van, so. So Peter had the guys and one of the girls. Yeah, and she was dating one of the guys, that's why. She was dating one of the guys, so. so she hung out with them all the time. And then we, yeah, so we had uh, Paul, and they were both amazing men from Kenya who could maneuver through the crazy traffic. I mean, I, I've been to some other countries, Latin America, and seen some crazy traveling, but Kenya was, it took it up a notch. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, they have these things called boda bodas. Uh, if you've 
If you've never seen a Boda Boda, it's basically a motorcycle, but they carry people on them, all right? They're like little taxis. Not only do they carry people, though, we saw a couch, a sofa on, ba- on the back of With one. With three people in the back. I'm not kidding. I mean, literally, yeah, people sitting on the back of the couch. So um, Boda Bodas are cheap. They're not safe. Um, I would not suggest you driving one. Uh, they're the, m- the main reason that the hospital stay in business. Because um, basically you can get a, a, your license real quick and a thousand bucks buy you a bike and then you're a boat boat driver. So um, maybe not know how to drive one. So there we have it. Uh, Bill, you could be a boat boat driver if you want. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. So yeah, traffic was pretty crazy. Um, and then one of the things that you need to know that um, in Maine, Kent, Nairobi, and, and a lot of the roads are paved, and they're even paving roads even out into the Maasai Mara. It's almost paved all the way out there. Um, but some of the places that we went, just so you know, there are not roads that are, that are paved, and there you have to cross streams and, and riverbeds, and when it rains, you cannot pass. Even in land rivers, you have to, like, get a chain and pull yourself out. So, it was pretty, we were thankful for our drivers because they knew how to traverse the terrain and, um, and they were very good to us. I ate street food with them. Now you're not supposed to, but I did. And uh, it was a great experience. I didn't get sick, praise the Lord. Um, but so when we first started, when we got there, um, there, I wish I could show you this picture. This is, you can't see it, but this is a picture of uh, 18 people in a land, land cruiser. It can be done, people. So um, that was us. But one of the things that we saw, some of the pictures are really, um, we, we went, uh, some of the fun things we did is that we went on a safari. That's what you think of when you go to Africa. Um, so we saw, we saw a leopard, which is pretty unheard of. They're pretty, you usually can't see those. We saw like a hundred elephants, a big herd. We saw, we were there during the migrate migration. So they're like, Tens of thousands of wildebeest. Of, of wildebeest. The migration of the wildebeest. And from that was pretty, pretty awesome because all you could hear is they don't move like cows. They more grunt. Mm. They're like a 15-year-old boy playing X- Xbox, you know. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> so, hey, you want something to eat? Mm. Hey, you want to take out the garbage? Mm. Did you hear what I said? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but there were thousands upon thousands, thousands of these thousands of ugly year olds. wildebeest. I just... I fell in love with them towards the end. Yeah, they were so funny cute looking. and ugly at all at the same yeah. time. So we saw a lot of cool animals, went to a baby elephant. But the real reason that we were there, we, we were jumping into some ministries. And the first place we went was uh, the Africa Gospel Church uh, Baby Center. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the Baby Center? So in Kenya, um, children who are born with disabilities are considered cursed. So then they are either shunned, left out to die, um, parents don't want to keep them around. So there is tremendous need in Kenya for these orphanages, these places that actually love deeply these children. And so the AGC Baby Center takes in these kids. So we were As well seeing, as other children. As well, well as others mm-hmm. too. They'll, they'll take them. I think they had one that was a teenager as well. They had yeah. been with them for quite a while. Well, he had, he had special mm-hmm. needs for sure. And they yeah. love, mm-hmm. they just love mm-hmm. deeply. And so our first day, so our we went there, um, our first day, one of the babies had actually passed away. Like and the night we so, arrived. Hmm? The night we arrived in Nairobi. The night we arrived, one of the babies had passed. And so they, with open arms, asked us to join them in celebrating the life of this little girl and to join them in their funeral process. So that was 
incredibly, I felt very honored, very sad by that, but at the same time knowing that she, you know, she's in, in God's arms, and um, so the, the thing with medical care and health is that you don't have access to good quality care there. So there's not a whole lot of prenatal care. There's not, you know, if you get sick, if bad things happen, you're traveling very, very far in order to get quality care. Yeah, so. and this young baby's name was Gabriella, and it was really neat to see um, the caretakers at the place. They had only had her for four months, and the love that they showed for her, the uh, the stories that they told, even within the four months that, I mean, she was barely six months old, uh, and when she passed and the church, the pastors that were there, they came around and just like Rochelle said, it was very honoring but sobering to see life and death, um, but also the care of the body of Christ for this one baby girl um, mm -hmm. that, you know, who knows what she would have done in the, for the rest of her life, but we all have children or people in our lives and think that you know, to see the love and care that this young girl had that had no parents um, that, that they showed. That was really, really sobering, but also just really encouraging. And, um, and you know, one thing you can say about Kenyans, they are passionate in everything they do. Um, and uh, their passion even celebrating this girl's life. So, um, yeah, what are some of the things we did there well, so after? We got to play with kids all the time for, for days. It was so much fun to be able to just go in and of course we're this, this, uh, these white people, <laughs> they're like, what in the world are you coming in here and what are you doing? So some of them would just sit there and stare at you and others were just like, hello. And, yeah. um, and just get to, to play with them, to love on them. You want to tell a story about the, the one? baby? Yeah. We had a great video for you. Yeah. Yeah, this, this video is amazing. All right. You guys are missing out. I'll, I'll, I'll act it out for you. you. I'll act like the baby. All right. <laughs> we're going to we're do role play. All right. Mom, watch this. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it was sort of like that. Sort of like that, but much cuter. <laughs> that was like creepy. That, so. was, that was very creepy. Uh, yeah. But it was really cool to see. <laughs> it was cool to see Josh um, just jump in. And if you don't know Josh, Josh is a baby whisperer. I am. And uh, kids love him for some reason. No, they don't. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they, yes do. they do. We we saw one of the things I do want to share a story about one of our our students, Stephen. Um, Stephen is a sophomore this year, um, and. Uh, He's a great young man, and, and one of the things that I really, Rochelle was talking about some of the students are special needs. There was this young kid named Ethan, and Ethan was probably one of the older ones, maybe eight or nine. Um, Ethan definitely has serious delays in learning, and uh, there might even be cerebral palsy involved. Um, and one of the ways that, that Ethan, when he gets excited or he wants your attention, he bites. And so he's not the first kid that most people go to. They see the cute kid or cute baby that's smiling and giggling. He's not the first kid. Most of the people will go to others. And that's what some of the caretakers were saying. Well, Stephen didn't know this. Without skipping a beat, he goes straight to Ethan, puts him in his arms, and sits down with him for, sorry, 
going to cry for a couple hours. And Ethan didn't bite. Ethan was loved. Um, now, did we see Ethan bite people while we were there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bit some hair of our students, did lots of things. But it was in that moment that I saw Jesus, right? Loving the least of these. Someone that probably won't find a home, honestly, because of the stigma that it comes with being special needs in Kenya. Uh, we have some other places that we're going to talk about that as well. Um, and so we saw some amazing stories of love, life, death, while we're at the baby center. Um, and uh, it was a, it's a special place. You can actually go to Facebook and follow them. We've even seen babies get adopted, and we're like, woo! So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. that we were able to, to be with, yeah. to go to what they call their forever family. Yeah. And it's just... Makes me cry every time. Yeah, it, there, there's a, um, there's just a special place. Uh, Brian and his wife run it, and uh, we have a missionary there, April Hirschberger, who um, actually her area is more the special needs, and they're building a special needs wing right now. Mm-hmm. And so there's uh, a place for those kids to go and have more care and more physical therapy and things like that. Um, so we also got to visit a couple other places. Uh, one of those was the Dream School. You want to talk about the Dream School? Josh, you, you want to share some of your, the part that you played in Dream School? Like, you, you, you know, you acted in some things. You did some, some things like that. You want to talk about that? Well, I can't remember. Oh, oh, yeah. So there was one of the classes that I decided to become an actor. And uh, just, I, what did I play? I played Zacchaeus. No, I played you played Jesus. No, I played Jesus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. The two can get confused. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we decided to act out. Uh, one of the classes, there, there wasn't that many volunteers, but uh, one of the classes, nobody decided to volunteer. So as an extrovert, I decided to volunteer, and one of the uh, uh, students also volunteered and we acted out the story of Zacchaeus mm-hmm. so so we got to go in and tell like Bible stories and acted out we played games and dream school is a place for it's for regular students but it's also a place for students that are that have have rough family situations like families will spend about 75 percent of their income to send their kids to school I want you to I want you to think about that 75 percent of their income so think of your 75 percent of your income that's going to school. So education is a big priority there, but it's hard on families. And so dream school is a place for those families that can't afford or maybe kids that are orphans to give them a place to come. So they have a good mix of students that, that go to dream school, but also students that go. So it's a, it's a special place. It's run by um, the Africa Gospel Church as well. And so um, it's a place that was was awesome. We, there's some singing that we were going to show you and some, some fun things in that space, but it was, uh, the dream school was, and there's this great picture. We played a game with Oreos, you know, the game where you put it on their forehead and then you try to slide in your mouth. It was pretty awesome to see these students try to, try to do that. And there, we had this picture of this one kid looking at an Oreo like, this is the best thing we ever gave. So, um, uh, so we also went to, um, Visit Hashima. You want to talk about Hashima? Yes. So Hashima is a compound that takes in special needs kids with their mothers. 
So, I mean, this is, there's this huge stigma, of course, how, if you have a special needs kid, what, what does the mother do? Mm. So instead of giving away- A lot of times away, they'll keep them locked in the room, in their house and yeah, things like that. They'll yeah, they'll lock them away. So what they did is they, they decided to, to bring in these mothers and the special need children. So these moms will take care of everybody else's and their own special need child and on this compound, as well as um, they employ the mothers. So they employ them to be able to make jewelry, like this necklace here. So making jewelry and be able to sell that to have a little bit of some income coming into the compound mm -hmm. that way. So and it's a company, it's called Dignity Designs. Google it, uh, Dignity Designs, and I would encourage you if you want to buy Christmas gifts and things like that. Um, they have physical therapy there, and it's this beautiful, I wish we could show a picture, this beautiful facility. Mm -hmm. um, they employ the moms to help out with food, cleaning. Mm -hmm. They sell water to the community. Um, very cheap, um, but one thing you... you need to know, um, well, we know that even here in America, nothing's, if it's free, that's bad. Um, and so we don't want, no, I mean, we enable people when it's free. And so even just a small amount to pay, it, there's this sense of ownership at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So they, they employ um, the mothers and, and these are moms that wanna keep their babies. And, and, or, and, and that want and a lot of times the, 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 the father will leave because of it. And so it's, it's this whole holistic ministry that are, that, and that's one thing, they're reaching people for Christ, but they're also dealing with their physical needs. Mm -hmm. um, so they provide multiple services, yeah. physical, occupational, speech therapies, and all that to help these kids yeah. excel. And this is not connected with WGM, but we have WGM people that will go and serve. We have a couple RNs and, and nurse practitioners that'll go and do health things through our, what we call least of these ministries. So we partner with this ministry. This couple's from Minnesota, Minnesota, and... Um, and uh, they just felt called to start this ministry. And it's, can I just say this? this their story is crazy. Look, if, if one thing I could tell you about this is that God provides. Like they had, they went on faith, no organization. And all of a sudden they find this place, this space, God gives them this land. And then all of a sudden all this money comes in to build this beautiful facility. They just went on faith. And to see it, if you could just see the pictures, this is just, oasis in the middle of slum Nairobi, um, a space for these kids that would have been locked away, mm -hmm. not seen. So um, we also went to a place called House of Love. This is uh, in kind of uh, the Maasai Mara area. Um, and uh, you want to talk about what? So House of Love takes in young women who, so, so there are 42 different tribes in Kenya. And so everyone belongs to a specific tribe. And one specific one is the Maasai tribe um, who will marry off their daughters at a young age. Um, House of Love takes in these young women who either are running from young marriage or running from abuse. And they take them in, they feed them, love them, tell them about Jesus, educate them, help them get jobs, help them to grow and, and, and become healthy. So yeah. it was, it touched my heart just to see all these women together and they Young love girls. so much. Mm. And we had a beautiful song to be able to play for you too. So yeah, sad we can't the, do that. The song was basically, was this, this, there are many storms in this life, but we can always trust Jesus. And to see them singing and dancing, it's really beautiful. And um, Can we play the song without the video? I don't know, can we? Does the song itself play? The password's Asbury WGM, and now everybody knows my password. <laughs> 
So, um, and then there's a video at the end, we'll play at the end, John, with the, the Maasai Church singing. Um, that's a good high five for thinking through technology. Well, Go Team yeah. Ballard. All right. Um, If you want to start dancing, you can, by the way. I'm just saying, when I was sitting there, I was like, I mean. And they're moving. They're doing movements the whole time. All right, John, thank you, man. So one of the things that we also got to do, and we're, we're gonna, we realize that uh, um, you can't see, but one of the things that we also talked about, we went to real briefly, was Timwick Hospital. And if we don't mention Timwick, we would be, uh, that's like the gold standard of missionary hospitals. So yes. it was pretty amazing. So Rochelle, you wanna talk real briefly about Timwick? So like I mentioned earlier, there's, just not access to good quality medical care. Tenwick does provide that, but people will will walk right on Boda Bodas hours just to be able to get there. So oftentimes by the time they get there, they're in stage and whatever it is, the problem is, right? So they're losing arms and legs and they're, you know, they're having to do, they do over a thousand surgeries a month, which is just amazing to me with very limited people. So they have their own staff, and healthcare providers that are Kenyan, as well as many volunteers that come from all over the world. Yeah. So I know working at UK, we have uh, surgeons that have volunteered their time at Tenwick. So Tenwick is not just known to Kenya, it's known all over the world. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was amazed. It was nothing that I thought it was going to be. It's nothing like our, our medicine here. Um, at one point, oh. so, so people are wall to wall, they use every available space in this entire place, including outside, all over, oh. all the services that they provide. Does it work? But Do what I was do, amazed. No, just one. Just one. Well, That's you can see our team. There you go. That's our team. <laughs> but what I was amazed by it is that even walking by a room in an OB area where women were actively in labor, there would be three women to an entire twin size bed. Now, mind you, none of these women knew each other. They were total strangers in active labor in the same bed. All right, moms. What do you think about that? I, mean, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I can't even imagine. So it just, but, but the service that they're ever able to provide, it just, whew, it, it shakes me. It I, I'm just amazed. Changes lives. Like we have missionary. So the Kenyan doctors have been trained by our missionary doctors. So we have missionary doctors there that serve with WGM and some from the, like through Sam Meriden's purse, but it is WGM's hospital. And so the WGM doctors actually 
lead the areas, but they're training Kenyan doctors and Kenyan nurses yes. to eventually lead at Tenwick as well as start clinics and start and work at other hospitals. Um, one story, there was this one hospital that was known as you don't go there, you probably will die. Um, and we actually had doctors that were trained at Tenwick. One went to go run it and started to change the culture and change the medical practice. And eventually it's fully functioning and now known as a place that heals and they also get to encounter Jesus just like at Tenwick. So that's the mission of Tenwick is to, it's we treat, but Jesus heals. Mm -hmm. And so um, it started on a mountainside with a doctor by the name of Dr. Ernie Sturry. And it was like, they even had the old shack that was a surgical room. And it was just like this mud hut and one room was his office, another room was a surgery. And, and it's amazing to see how much it's grown to over 300 bed hospital. Their ophthalmology space is like off the charts. It looks like it's UK. I mean, it does, it just looks really nice. Um, and so just a, it was a really cool place. And then we also visited some clinics around uh, the smaller clinics. Uh, you could pay, ladies, check this out. You could pay $25 and have a baby. You're welcome. Kenya, Kenya, Kenya medicine. There's a lot. We had like a list of prices. It was pretty cool. There's a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. It's pretty cheap to have a baby. Um, but for us, it's cheap. But for a Kenyan, that's actually quite a it's bit. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, especially in some of the, the, where the clinics are, they're in more rural areas. So they don't earn a lot of money. Um, we were with the Abrams. Um, we'll post the video on our Facebook page um, and maybe share it on Generations if that's possible. I, I really wanted to introduce you to Andy and Stephanie Abrams. Um, they are roughly our age. They have four kids. And he was working in agriculture in Iowa and just felt this call. Um, he went on a mission trip, like Honduras, and just God started stirring something in him. And Stephanie went, started stirring. And they said, okay, let's explore. And then they went to, to Africa, and that's where God was starting to cultivate the call. So they have moved out to this next place. It really has our heart, Older Kessie. Um, and it, it's a space where it, the, their motto is God, food, and water. We're bringing Jesus to the community. They have a borehole that has, provides clean water for the community. And because of his background in agriculture, he is uh, teaching Maasai because what's happening. So our culture, we're, we're used to having landlines, right? Demarcation, so to speak. I own this property, you own this property. The Maasai culture doesn't have that, but Kenya is now starting to do, to do demarcation in the Maasai Mara. And so Kenyans uh, or Maasai are now starting to have to figure out where do our cattle go? What do we do? Um, can I own cattle now? Do, I, do I, I need to provide food for my family? So teaching how to farm certain crops, and it's called farming God's way, how to rotate crops, and, but to do it in a sustainable way that a Kenyan can do it, um, not with big tractors and not with combines and things like that that we would think of here. Um, teaching pastors. Teaching pastors. They have a place called Unti, um, and they, uh, they train Maasai pastors as well as Maasai missionaries, and I'll talk a little bit about right, a little bit right here. But I would love for Josh to talk about the Maasai warrior. Yeah. So right now I am dressed up as a traditional Maasai warrior in a- Sans the Adidas. Except, yeah, except, <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't wear Adidas, they had like sandals. And um, so on a traditional warrior, they have a shuka, which is to keep them warm. It's like a blanket. Um, then they also have this thing 
it's a wooden club, but it's a it's called a rungu, and it's used to knock out lions. All right. So if so Maasai warriors are hunters, so whenever they go out into the wild and they see a lion come charge at them, they either hit them on the head or they can throw it at them because mm -hmm. this is a it's a projectile. They also will can they also have he's about to show the, the other thing they'll. St they're, they actually have a, a, a skill where they will stick it in the lion's mouth and then they'll, they'll pull out their next thing that Josh is going to show you. Yeah, and then the next thing is this, this little dangerous Here, item. Let me hold this. This, this little dangerous item. It's uh, the red is animal skin. I'm pretty sure it's a goat or cow. And then it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a sword. It's pretty sharp, so I don't recommend touching the edges. What's, the, what's the animal that's etched on it? Oh, so each one has its like very own animal, and it's sort of, uh, it's sort of like a, I guess a collection thing, and this one has a twiga, and a twiga in Swahili means uh, it means giraffe, mm -hmm. so it's so I have a twiga, a yep. sword, Maasai sword. Yep, handmade by Maasai. Maasai. We actually got to go to a Maasai market on the Tanzania-Kenya border. It's not the tourist Maasai market in Nairobi where they will gouge you. Trust me, they will gouge you. But um, Josh paid $4 for that sword. No, $12 for that sword, $4 for that Arungu. Um, it was $1,200. And then the Shuka was $5. Oh, yeah. In Nairobi, they were like, that Arungu, like $2,500, which is like, $25. Like, I'm sorry, what? I paid $5 for that. And, you know, but um, so you can barter in Kenya, by the way. It's not like Walmart here. You pay their price. So um, you get to talk them down. But it was pretty cool to go to the Maasai market because we got to see where they bring all the goats. And when they, when they saw us, like, I don't think many white people had been to this place in a long time. I'm just being honest with you because when they, we walked up there like, Wazungu! which means foreigner, wazungu. So it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. We had uh, uh, Maasai pastors guiding us through. It was just a really neat thing to see and experience. And um, they're, they're grilling what they call nyama choma, uh, which is grilled meat on the, um, which they told me not to eat, but I really wanted to because it smelled delicious. Um, mm -hmm. We saw them with their goats and where they sell them, they send them to like Nairobi. So that was pretty cool. Um, while we were in this area, we were at a special, that, that older Kessie where they do God, food, and water with the, with the Abrams. And uh, I think it'd be good for maybe you to share kind of your, your experience of the place. And, and I wish we could show you pictures. The Maasai Mara is just beautiful. Oh, mountains and rolling. You're at like 7,000 elevations, perfect temperature. It's just the sunsets. We have a picture of Rochelle and I with a sunset. And whew, it was a like very beautiful place. Very beautiful. I learned how to uh, herd cattle. That was good because they would bust over the fences and come into the compound mm -hmm. and you couldn't have them eating your vegetables. So I learned how to make myself big and tough and try to get rid of these ginormous <laughs> bulls. <laughs> that at one point I thought, oh no, he's coming after me. <laughs> so learn how to do that. Beautiful, beautiful place. James and I decided to take a walk, just he and I, and the school has how many kids? At least a thousand oh, kids yeah. that go to a school that's right there next to the compound that we stayed. And so he and I are walking out there and all of a sudden whores came out of the school to us and they all just wanted to touch, touch, mm -hmm. touch. And they're all everywhere. And it just, the joy on their faces and wanting to love on them and hug every one of them. And it just, it was, 
It was a good experience. Of course, to, the only Maasai we really knew was Sopa, which is hello. Sopa. sopa. So sopa. you're saying Sopa, 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 Sopa. Um, different, different customs. Uh, you touch their head. The, the yeah. children will come up to you and, so and bow down like this. So, so ba- and bow you say, down, Sopa, son. Sopa, Sopa. So, He's not Maasai. So we learned that. <laughs> He's definitely American. Um, we spent time in the church as well. Yeah. Kessie. So um, one of the, the neat things about the ministry there is there's a, there's a church on the, on the compound. It's, it's run by, um, by a Maasai pastor. Um, the Sunday that we were there, they actually had a Maasai missionary. In other words, this is someone, this is something that I love about the Kenyan church because they are now sending their own missionaries um, into some of the hard to reach places in Kenya. Um, And one of those missionaries was Nicholas. And we got to meet Nicholas and his family. They were there like kind of what in WGM we call it HMA, Homeland Ministry Assignment. In other words, they were there for just to rest. The old term is furlough. They were just kind of sitting there to recoup, rejuvenate, spend time with family um, before they go back to kind of a remote part of the Tanzania uh, border towns. Um, and one of the things that, one of the stories they was telling me, and, and, and this, is, this is one of those stories that, that, that I just want you to hear, that God is still moving, that he's still talking, he's still, he's still speaking, he's alive, and, and that people are coming to know him. And he was telling me about, he said, yes, yes, we have seven churches there, and, and we were doing a baptism service and we didn't know how many was gonna show up. We had 65 people show up to be baptized. And I, my mouth just dropped. I was like, 65 people? Good night. And he said, God is just moving. Um, we're bringing light to a place that hasn't heard the gospel yet. Um, and funny story about that baptism though, what was really great, he said, yes, we. We don't baptize, you know, like here, they don't have swimming pools like we do. We don't, can't go back to the back of Lone Oak and baptize. It's like we, have, we go down to this, this kind of uh, river, waterhole area, and uh, we have to wait for the hippos to leave. <laughs> so they waited. So it took a while. Sometimes, I think like an hour sometimes they wait hours, and they he said some the days, there's leave. been a couple times they're like, we'll come back tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you can imagine that, I mean, it's just a totally different world. But it's a beautiful world um, with beautiful people, um, beautiful culture, um, and, uh, and God is moving and speaking there. And it was really neat through, through just the different places we visited to see God at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I was really challenged by um, was through Nicholas, but also meeting some of the other Kenyan missionaries and, you know, when Jesus said, come and follow me, he, we look at the disciples uh, when, like, the first, we were reading Matthew, right? So right at the beginning, come and follow me to, to John and James and, and, or Simon, Peter, and his brother, and, and I'll make you fishers of men. They had to leave everything they, they had, right? They had dropped their nets, and they went and followed Jesus. They were leaving that behind. And these Kenyan missionaries I mean, the budget that they're going to a place to, let's say, northern Kenya, it's desert, it's more Muslims there. They are going on rice and beans, basically. I mean, it it is, they are not earning a ton of money, their support. 
their ministry support, everything that they got, they spend on their bus tickets, they spend on their, their, um, on their families, their, they gotta find housing when they get there. Um, some of them may have to work. It's just say, it's, it's a totally different mindset. And to see what they were doing, and I was like, you only get $200 for like the month? Uh, not even our $200, it's their $200. It's like 20 bucks, our 20 bucks. And so I was like, they're operating on $20 a month. And they're going to tell people Jesus with joy in their hearts. And it was just, I don't know, it was sobering. And it was something that Jesus was like, what? For me personally, it was just a moment of like, what am I holding on to that's holding me back from God's best in my life and to find that joy? And what am I holding on to that's keeping me from following Jesus with everything that I am? Because here are my brothers and sisters on the other side of the world have next to nothing but are willing to sell it all and go. And it was, it was a, just a, it was a moment just in my heart just was like, just personal reflection, surrender, like, what am I doing? What, like, Jesus, are there things that, that I'm holding on to? So it was, it was a great experience to see. It was also really encouraging to see them sending missionaries and pastors. And um, I would encourage you guys, you know, if you've never gone to Kenya, go. They would tell you, Karibu, welcome. Caribou. <laughs> Funny story, we had somebody from Kentucky go with us and she yells at the top of her lugs, caribou! We're like, it's caribou. <laughs> and God bless that girl, we love her. Um, I had a fun, great story about her. She feels a call to missions and to be a nurse. And that was the other thing that we saw on our team, the students, I, mean, I won't point them out, but there's at least three on there that felt a, a confirmation in their call to ministry confirmation in a uh, call to missions. Um, and so it was uh, a couple of them also just felt, they didn't know how to, to explain it, but they felt God was, was maybe wanting them to go a little bit further um, in addition to those three people. So it was, it was really cool to see God work in Kenya, but also in our team and within each other. Um, so yeah, thank you for hearing our story. You wanna say something, one last thing? Uh, yeah? yeah, so while we were there, we had a goat roast. Oh, yes. And uh, so there's this thing. I don't know if any of you, of you have uh, ever seen an authentic goat roast, but um, it's pretty interesting. They, they go up and they picked up this goat and they stuck it in the back of a van. And then, yeah. Back what did we name van. that goat? We named it Dina. <laughs> that was the accent of, uh, of one of the Maasai drivers. Yeah. Diener. Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we got there, and it was the the goat process was very weird. Like they had to they skinned the goat, and they used every single part of this goat. So the insides, the organs of the you know the liver, the small intestines, the large intestines, that all went into a big stew. But the meat they grilled, and the meat was delicious. Mm. All right, the meat was amazing. Yamachoma. I have no idea what you said. Okay. Well, our time has run out, so. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. Listening to our story. So, 
while the ballards are making where they're, where their way to their seats, I want you to pray with me and pray for the coming year for what they do on campus. Would you do that? Father, we know that you have a heart for all people all over the earth. It doesn't matter whether they're black or white. It doesn't matter where they live. It doesn't matter what their culture is. Jesus is for everyone. And we ask that this year and that little cluster that goes on at WGM, that you would use the Ballards and that you would cause more Asbury students to maybe lean into calls, but that everyone would follow you more deeply. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I'm going to make some, a couple of announcements very quickly, uh, but I want to make one connection for you. Did you hear the culture differences? You're Americans. You uh, have inherited a culture that's been flavored by Christianity for a long time. We don't have babies that, we, uh, that are, have six fingers and then dump them off. The Romans did. But Christians change that, right? So Jesus changes things. Do you see that? Jesus changes how we treat people because everyone is made in God's image. 